Hello and welcome to today's ResiCast. I'm here with Phil Laney from Livley and with Natalie Elphick from the Housing Finance Institute. And we're talking about whether everyone should be a homeowner or whether we should look to a new world where everybody rents and, and nobody owns. And Natalie Elphick, the HFI, your mission is to build more homes quicker. Clearly, there's, uh, there's been a lot that's been done on the, uh, on the side of incentives and helping the listed house builders out over the last few years. Do you, do you think we've done a bit too much in terms of offering help to buy and offering other incentives? Or, or you know, should we pair some of this stuff back a bit now? Well, I think it's really great that we're now in a position where there have been more homes that have been delivered in the last year than we've seen um, for many, many years. So some of the best years uh, within the last quarter of a century, some 200,000 homes. So we do need that supply to meet the demand. And we do need to keep our foot on the gas to make sure their homes are delivered. But I mean, should we as the taxpayer be subsidising that? I think that's that's the question that many would ask. Well, is in that, what way are they subsidising? Well, they're subsidising it by, by dishing out cheap debt to what, help... you mean like they do for the build-to-rent sector? Well, uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not kind of saying they do or they don't. I'm just asking a question. I'm just saying that, obviously, home ownership is something that, that we treat in this country as a right. Um, and my question is more that, you know, if, as we are now in, in Britain, where we've got lots of challenges around funding all sorts of things from social care to education to crime, is it right that we are subsidising house builders? It's, it's a question. Well, I think it's really interesting the way those schemes have been structured is to make sure that people who benefit from them uh, can pay towards them. So if someone gets an equity loan through the help to buy, then they pay that back. So that's not really a subsidy in the kind of terms that you're, you're talking about there. I think what's, what's really important is that we know as of today, there are 4 million people who said they expect to buy, they want to buy, and that still is a very real aspiration. And that, that's, that's, that's very much true. So, I mean, Phil well, Laney, Livley... It's a bit you, of a problem, so, though. So let, well, let's just, let's, let's just talk about... Um, so let's explain who Livley are to everyone, Phil. Yeah, absolutely. People, people are going to know you from, from your work with Realstar. Sure. Obviously, you know, you've been a big investor in, in to build to rent in, in the UK. But tell us a bit about, about Livley. Where, where have you kind of come up this journey from? So, Livley is a shared living platform that helps renters build community around existing rental housing. So we're focused on London right now and we target 25 to 35 year olds who really, really want to connect with each other around existing housing stock. So what we're not really about is about building new housing. What we're really about is using existing housing better. So we're... I- is a service area, it's an experience thing. We're not a property company. So you could be working with house builders, with institutional investors, with buy-to-let loans. You're quite agnostic about who you work with. Exactly. So a lot of property owners want to work with us because we allow them to access a really high or large group of high-quality professional renters, which they couldn't otherwise get access to through estate agents like Rightmove and so on and so forth. So do you agree with Natalie then? Should, should we be promoting ownership at all costs or should we be promoting more of a, more of a focus on renting? No, to me, I think that the the demographic shift and the needs of the future generations are more towards renting. They're more towards service, more towards experience. Real estate is a tool for people to live in. It's not the ultimate goal in and of itself. But 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 it is though, isn't it? I mean, that's but but politically and socially in Britain, you're you're you know you are almost treated like a second class citizen. I don't think that's right. Do you not think that's true? I mean, no, not, no. Surely I, I, you read the papers every day. You look at the Daily Mail. Some of the stuff that 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 we get told about. 
you know, you've got the housing minister talking about how he's going to promote ownership and we just don't really hear anyone talking about renting. I think we hear lots about renting and um, actually the last 15 years what we've seen is such a focus on renting that we've seen more homes uh, created in the private rented sector than we have the total number of homes created in the in, in England. But that's, so the, but that, but that's those a huge properties, but number been, But loads of those properties have been built by householders haven't they? No built- that's simply not the case. A lot of them as, uh, you know, as Phil was saying they're also people who are active in the existing housing markets. I do agree that there is a place for a real choice in relation to uh, to housing and that schemes that provide a good quality, a good experience to people have a very important niche market in it. It's, but it's quite a unique thing to the UK, right? So if you look at the Swedish market, the German market, the notion of home ownership is far less attractive. So you have 60% of those markets are in the rental and they're there for 10, 20 years in any single property. Why, why is that, Phil? They is have it- security, it's certainty. People they around have a different their home. System, certainly. Well, the thing is, we're talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? What do you want first and foremost in your life? You need security around your home and, and you need that, community. And if I may, that I think that is one of the key issues around the long-term rented question. You know, can people get that security when people are not able to at the moment in, in our country? And we know that two tenures provide really well for it, home ownership and social renting. So on that question mm. of Germany or any other country, you know, we have a huge and very successful social rented sector. But we built so 6,000 social rented homes last year. Well, and so we do agree that... Uh, that social renting has a really important part to play. Absolutely. And, and, and Phil Laney, Lively, almost, it's about sociable renting, isn't it? Yeah. Rather than social renting. But so, so when you talk about being a platform and working with all different investors, how does that work in practice? So to me as a consumer, if I'm looking to, to be part, or to be a member of the Lively community, what does, that, yeah. what does that actually entail? What do I get well, so, for my money? So what do you get for your money is um, you live in a shared property with a group of people who are like-minded, probably at a similar lifestyle stage interested in similar things and so you have this kind of a long stay accommodation so it's not short stay it's not kind of the usual shared housing or the usual co-living story of so it's not an AST, stays. Or it is the, an AST these are ASTs you stay in your property you have the same security of tenure as any other type of tenant in fact you are any other type of tenant you're just age 25 to 35 and you're really passionate about certain things it's a bit but like, like friends I thought I, I, I had this, yeah, I had this exactly. kind of image of friends when Very I looked at your friends. website the, the, so the, the, the key <laughs> you know, thesis behind living in the ethos is it's not just about connecting with people at home. It's about connecting with people across cities. It's about access to things happening outside of the home. So how do you do that? There's a tech platform is there that connects everybody Exactly. Up? Yeah, so we're a Silicon Valley-backed tech platform. So we're really, really focused on better connecting people across cities that are part of the Lively community and helping them to create events, to create access to interesting things for other people and actually they it's it's such a kind of a rewarding thing to be part of and these communities have existed all over the place for for, for millennia all we're doing is trying to find a really efficient way of delivering that into existing housing in cities today and what we're seeing is that people are substantially happier they stay a longer period of time they treat the places with great respect and they treat each other with great respect and the landlords benefit from having community in their buildings and higher pounds per square foot and and i think we've seen this type of model work you know really well in in other 
other places and, and on an ownership basis as well as on a renting basis. So, you know, this sort of uh, shared or co-living um, where people can connect and also in older age as well. So I think there's absolutely a place for a positive engagement of high quality rented communities. One of the things that, that really struck me in, in those words as Phil described that though was that question of loneliness and connection and the focus on the consumer because whether it's the mortgage markets, whether it's the rented markets, you know, the focus has to be on the consumer, what yeah. the individual wants and needs, how we build those long lasting and sustainable communities for people yeah. to connect. And it's a very interesting one when you look at the housing space today and the stock that we're building. Traditionally, we were building to sell. And so you're building units that generally are applicable to the average demographic, right? But actually, when you look at the rental sector, if you're building stuff, why not be focused? If, if you're not building them to sell and you're building them, therefore, for yield, because these buildings will trade on yield, why not build stuff that's suitable to target demographics? But, but I, think, I think the challenge, though, Phil, is it not that there is no single target demographic? I think people sit here and, and the, you know, you'll see people talking about, oh, it's all about generation and all about millennials. And, mm. and yeah, of course, there, is a lot, there are a lot, lot, lot of younger people that now need to live somewhere. But there's also a ton of people that aren't under 30 that do need to live. And mm. in many respects, those are the people who've got the money to spend for, for more expensive properties. So, mm. you know, is there not a degree to which people actually need to be age agnostic and be just thinking about multi-generational communities and back to Natalie's point catering to loneliness catering to older people who could presumably benefit equally from from you know really amazing and fantastic platforms like Livly yeah absolutely in fact Livly is a platform the technology behind which is perfectly suitable for all sorts of different demographics so whether it be retiree communities or student housing um, or elderly housing it's about building communities around people that are at similar life stages one of the challenges you have today in PRS blocks or built-to-rent blocks is they do an incredible job of delivering services and it's come such a long way. But you'll find that because people are such, at such different life stages within buildings, their motivation to connect with each other is relatively loose. And so I'm, I'm not really sure struggle. that always applies. I mean, we know that there can be some really, really strong, sustainable mixed communities. And those can be uh, you know, managed in a number of, of different ways. I, I think it's a really exciting concept, but it is a very niche concept for a, a particular group in a particular stage of, of life. And when we look at that age group that we're referring to, and particularly the under 44s, that's the age group who just haven't been able to get into owner occupation. They haven't had the same opportunities that previous generations have had. And, and they want to have those opportunities. But other than winding back the clock and jumping into a time machine, how are you going to do that? Because obviously the sort of capital growth that we've seen during the 90s and early 2000s, you know, we're not going to see that again in our lifetime, really, are we? Let's be honest. Well, I mean, mortgages still are at a very, very low level. So it's really about helping people who need those deposits to help them get those deposits so they can get on the housing ladder. And I think there's much more that can be done in that space. And also to ensure that people who need social housing also have access to social housing when they need it, be they younger people or be they older people. But but I think, you know, is it not true that the cheapness of debt, which you, which you refer to in your right, does that, has that not been what supported prices as to where they are and if it, my point being that if the cost of mortgages goes up which it, it's only going to go one way surely that's going to make home ownership even more unaffordable we've seen lots of people not be able to access the housing market when this has been such a you know a period of very very low mortgage rates and we've also seen that as there has been a huge this doubling of the private rented sector that housing overall has become less affordable both less affordable in rent and less affordable in ownership so i think it's all about balance there is a place for 
all different types in the housing market for people at different stages of their lives. And there's a lot of room for innovation, particularly tech-based innovation. But you don't accept, Natalie, you don't accept um, from what you're saying that, that we do have this culture that prefers ownership, that that of that, that says to people you are a better human being if you own a house we haven't preferred uh, ownership i don't think for the last 15 years and the outcomes have been that housing has become less affordable for many people who would really benefit from it and the outcomes i mean we've you know written in the space with radiant housing association about the good home and actually we do need to make sure that we have sufficient good homes for people to live at every stage of their lives i agree 100 percent. i mean it's a really interesting point that, that you know people deserve and need access to high quality good good housing i don't think it matters whether they own it or whether they rent it they need to have good quality housing so the fundamental problem that we have here is about building housing whether it's built to sell or build to rent yeah, well, people got matter. unrealistic expectations phil laney do you think because you talk we talk about need and we talk about want you know lots of people would quite like to have a you know lamborghini set out the front of the house quite a lot of people <laughs> would, would like to go to uh like to go to ib for six weeks in in the middle of april but most yeah. of us you know perhaps uh put a roof uh, over your head with yeah, a working yeah, toilet and a shower I'm, I'm sure, i yeah, actually think a boss of a listed house builder you possibly can afford some of those things but <laughs> most most people can't so but yeah, the, the yeah. point I, i'm joking but of the point i'm making is that we all want stuff is it reasonable that we should all expect to own a house that, that's i, I don't question. think you should expect to own a house but i think you should expect to be able to stay in one and I, I, I think <laughs> I, I think that, that people do expect that they should be able to have access to home ownership, and it's so important to people. Uh, people also expect that they should have uh, access to social housing when they need it at a particular stage of their life. So, you know, I, I think there are people's expectations, and those expectations are not being met in the housing market at the moment. Now, mm. part of the answer is supply, making sure we build many more homes of all types. Mm. Part of it's innovation, particularly this sort of tech-based innovation that really seeks to provide a higher and a good quality service but most importantly I think across all the markets it's about focusing on the experience for the individual I completely agree with Phil it's about what that experience is for the person can they be in a good home that suits their needs both in the short and the long term I mean I think I think one of the key things as part of what Natalie says and, and she's totally right is it is about service it's about experience but but we do conflate different things in Britain don't we? we know we conflate the supply of affordable housing where with you know, housing for for professionals and, and people that are in that mid-market area which is which is different you know mm. I mean ultimately until the government puts its hand in its pocket to subsidize house building we're not going to see a hell of a lot more social housing build are we let's be honest unless you know unless I mean who's going to pay for it Natalie is it going to be house builders? Well, we know that there's a real institutional investment interest in uh, housing of all types. And we've seen that absolutely come front and centre in recent years. So there's plenty of money uh, that wants to invest in so housing of all types. So we need structures to enable types. that money to come in. Absolutely. And to look at what needs to help encourage that money to feel confident in those spaces. And we know some of those things are around uh, the income flow, the things like rent certainty. Some of those things are about uh, understanding the direction of, of travel. Some of those things are about range making sure that housing can be suitable at different stages so that you know there are, there are trillions of pounds in all these markets that we're talking about that are already in housing and they want to invest more in housing i think you know our collective job is to make sure that in instead of sort of choosing between apples and pears and oranges uh, we make sure that there's enough make of sure the, the apples are a bit bigger through <laughs> and, well, and that they're owned by the people who are eating them <laughs> so so phil laney in, in in terms of uh, in, in terms of 
uh, lively, uh, becoming becoming more fruity and exciting. Just, the, bigger <laughs> the, the bigger apple, the bigger apple. I mean, your one of your one of your ambitions, one of your missions, is, is essentially to help asset owners get more out of their more out of their buildings. Absolutely. Absolutely. How do you do that? Well. So we provide community convenience and a reasonable, decent quality property to our members. And You're not building homes. How do you do that? You well, just, you take existing apartments. So because property is already built, so taking a two or a three bed apartment and allowing people to share it on individual ASTs over rooms and they share the common areas means that you actually generate a little bit more rent per square foot per asset. That's good for the landlord. And they create community within the buildings that helps other people connect. So, so you, you pass stay that uplift on to, to the asset owners. Yeah, so we, we work in a couple of ways. We'll work as a manager. We'll help find tenants for landlords. A little bit like an estate agency. We're kind of replacing them in a way with a new generation. But we don't work through Rightmove. We don't work through Zoopla. We're a members community, which has a huge waiting list. So landlords, especially on the build-to-rent side, you know, during those lease-up phases and when they're fully built, they suffer with some voids and they suffer with achieving the rates sometimes that they would really like to get because they don't have access to one of the largest, fastest-growing markets in cities. Cities are getting younger. You know, the people that are coming to cities are aged 20 to 30 years old and they generally can't really afford to rent a one-bed apartment at £450 a week and that's a lot of the stuff that's being built. So what we do is we provide them access on a room-by-room basis to really good centrally located properties and have an incredible community, an incredible experience for them. And, and, and Natalie, um, Phil makes a good point, doesn't he, about demographic shifts and about the, the changing makeup of cities. And we, you know, we saw during the late 90s, there was a massive focus from Tony Blair's government investing in cities and sorting out the schools, sorting out the hospitals. Most of that money was borrowed, but you know, it doesn't matter, does it? It's, you know, what's a bit more debt on the books? Um, but, but ultimately, this, this focus on cities is it's kind of being pushed back the other way, isn't it? Due to some of these issues around affordability, do, do you see that as an issue? And do you see a situation where where we are seeing city centres being hollowed out because people can't afford to live there? Well, I mean, at the work we do at the Housing and Finance Institute is all over the country, so we go to lots of different places, and there is a need for good quality new housing stock everywhere in the country. Um, and there are lots of people who want to have, uh, you know, good quality homes. Um, so I, I think what we've seen more recently is a real focus to make sure that we're taking account of the needs of the regions and not just having the type of city centre focus that has happened uh, at some points in recent years. That said, some of the regeneration and other work in cities has been tremendous. But there are lots of other areas in the country where both regeneration and new build property are really, really important to the resilience and sustainability and affordability of those communities. So we need to have a balanced approach across the nation. And, And would you see, could you see any of your... Um, your stakeholders getting involved with Livly, you know, where you've got housing developments that are coming forward and people have obviously got some spare units that they perhaps can't sell right away, which is obviously that's one of the areas where you can plug into people, isn't it? Yeah, look, so we plug in straight away. If you want to build community in your blocks, if you want access to a very, very large demographic of people that will stay for the long term, we're great people to talk to. And honestly, that's any landlord. So that, that could be anybody from, from somebody with a few properties to an institutional investor that might have hundreds. Exactly. And, and, and finally, Natalie Elphick, in terms of, of this year's Resi Convention, we're going to have the 17th housing minister in, in as many years there, um, or, or, or almost to that effect. Um, what would you like to ask Kit Morehouse? What, what needs to change? You know, does he just need to continue what he's doing, or, or has there got to be some kind of radical intervention that, that needs to shift the dial? Because we've talked about quite a few different issues over the last 20 minutes, and, and it doesn't seem to some people like that we're seeing a lot of, a lot of change. 
Well, I mean, we've just uh, put forward a proposal where we think there needs to be a housing commission, you know, an independent housing commission that works to Parliament, that has a 10-year strategy that pulls together all these different strands, that recognises, you know, that the consumer is at the heart, that all of the parts of the industries have a really important part to play in the housing market. We've just seen the Social Housing Green paper come out as we make this uh, this podcast. And what have we seen? A focus on just one part. (laughs) A focus on one part of the housing market market rather than looking at it in its totality but, you know, but there is, is a, another quango the really solution here well i mean i think we've talked about standards we've talked about the need to actually improve standards about you know the good work that organizations like Livly are doing and actually making sure that um, tenants as consumers get a better deal so i think tenants getting a better deal as consumers is critical but we need a bigger look at the whole picture and that can't be owned by a single person mm. that needs to be shared and brought forward with a long-term vision for all of the industries but agreed, phil lady finally though i mean does this not simply come down to one thing is it not simply about funding for new homes and 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 when the government sorts that out and sorts out affordable housing and social housing that the rest of the market will sort itself out is that a view you share i mean that's quite a broad statement well it's a broad statement but but, i think it's a very complex market and it's a very complex situation as natalie's saying you need a lot of people around the table fundamentally we're tinkering around the edges aren't we we're tinkering around the edges we're thinking about league tables and social housing and 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 crack down you know these landlord crackdowns to to beat people with a stick and make them behave better but actually if you create an environment where investors can come in and as natalie talked about a bit earlier creating structures for example for social housing or for housing whatever it is you can create those structures you give people choice and people will decide will they not between the renting market. a lively being being a, 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 li- a lively member or, or, or renting from a uh, from a, a random might that loud and, and your view presumably is that you'll be able to see the difference no the free market does decide generally in terms of where they want to spend their money but you've got a lot of people that don't have that level of choice and that level of mobility that need support too so you know we're, we're hugely passionate about delivering great quality service to people but at the same time you have people that really struggle to access housing in lots of different parts of the country so it's very very important that we all get around the table and have a very strong open dialogue that's very important work that you think you guys are doing there's more than enough for everyone to do um i think we need more housing of all types um but we need to make sure that we're also answering what people really want and they need over the next 10 years fantastic so we don't agree on renting versus ownership but we do agree on collaboration <laughs> so that's fantastic thank you very much to natalie Offick from the Welcome. hfi and thanks very much to phil laney from lively and we'll see you at this year's resi convention between the 12th and the 14th of september thanks very much thanks very much thanks.